0: Chapter Ten of Tom Swift in Captivity by Victor Appleton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss. Chapter Ten: A Wild Horse Stampede. Who is that man? demanded Tom, pointing to the one Ned had indicated. Tom's chum had had a glimpse of a shining revolver in the hip pocket of one of the mule drivers, and knowing that the simple natives were not in the habit of carrying such weapons the lad had communicated his suspicions to Tom. "'What man, signor?' asked the head mule-driver. "'That one,' and the young inventor again pointed toward him. And now that Tom looked a second time he saw that the man was not as black as the other drivers, not an honest dark-skinned black, but more of a sickly yellow, like a treacherous half-breed. "'Who is he?' asked Tom, for the man in question was just then tightening a girth and could not hear him. "'I know not, signor,' He come to me when I am hiring the others, and he say he is a good driver, and so he is. I test him before I engage him. Went on San Pedro in Spanish. He is one good driver. Why does he carry a revolver? A revolver, senor? Santa Maria? I know not. I... I'll find out, declared Tom determinately. Here, he called to the offending one, who straightened up quickly. Come here. The man came with all the cringing servility of a born native, and bowed low why have you a weapon asked the young inventor i gave orders that none of the drivers were to carry them a revolver senor i have none i rad reach in his pocket cried tom and the colored man did so with a promptness that the other could not frustrate eradicate held aloft a large caliber automatic weapon what's that for asked tom virtuously angry i er i and then with a hopeless shrug of his shoulders the man turned away Give him his gun and get another driver, San Pedro, directed our hero, and with another shrug of his shoulders the man accepted the revolver and walked slowly off. Another driver was not hard to engage as several had been hanging about, hoping for employment at the last minute, and one was quickly chosen. It's lucky you saw that gun, Ned, remarked Tom when they were actually under way again. Yes, I saw the sun shining on it as his coat flapped up. What was his game, do you suppose? oh he might be what they call a bad half-breed down here i guess maybe he thought he could lord it over the other drivers when we got out in the jungle and maybe take some of their wages away from them or have things easier for himself bless my wishbone exclaimed mr damon you don't think he meant to use it on us tom why no what makes you ask that oh i'm just nervous i guess replied the old man but if mr damon could have seen that same half-breed a little later as he slipped into a rosario resort with the yellow stain washed from his face the nervousness of the eccentric gentleman would have increased for the man who had been detected with the revolver muttered to himself caught well i'll fool him next time all right i thought i could get away with the pack-train and that it would have been easy to turn the natives any way i wished after i had found what i'm looking for but i had to go and carry that gun i never thought they'd spot it well it's all up now and if waydell heard of it he'd want to fire me but i'll make good yet i have to adopt some other disguise and see if i can't tag along behind all unconscious of the plotter they had left back of them tom and his companions pushed on rapidly leaving such signs of civilization as were represented by small native towns and villages and coming nearer to the jungles and forests that lay between them and the place where tom was destined to be made a captive they were far enough away from the tropics to escape the intolerable heat and yet it was quite warm in fact the weather was not at all unpleasant and once they were started all enjoyed the novelty of the trip tom planned to keep along the eastern shore of the parana river until they reached the junction where the salado joins it then he decided that they would do better to cross the Parana and strike into the big triangle made by that stream and its principal tributary heading north toward bolivia for it is in that little explored part of south america that i think the giants will be found said tom as he talked it over with ned and mr damon in the privacy of their tent which had been set up but why should there be giants there any more than anywhere else asked ned no particular reason answered his chum but according to the last word mr preston had from his agent that was where he was heading for and that's where zacatas his native helper said he lost track of his master i have a theory that the giants if we find any will turn out to be a branch of a patagonian tribe patagonians exclaimed ned yes you know the natives of the southern part of argentina grow to a considerable size now patagonia is a comparatively bleak and cold country What would prevent some of that big tribe, centuries ago, from having migrated to a warmer country where life was much more favorable? After several generations they may have grown to be giants. Bravo! exclaimed Mr. Damon. It's a good theory at any rate, Tom. Though whether you can ever prove it is a question." Yes, and a big one, agreed the young inventor with a laugh. For some days they traveled along over a comparatively flat country Bordering the river, at times they would pass through small native villages, where they would be able to get fresh meat, poultry, and other things that varied their bill of fare. Again, there would be long, lonely stretches of forest or jungle through which it was difficult to make their way, and occasionally they would come to fair-sized towns where their stay was made pleasant. I don't see any of them oranges and bananas dropping inter my mouth, massa Tom complained. Eradicate one day after they had been on the march for over a week have patience rad advised tom we'll come to them when we get a little farther into the interior first we'll come to the monkeys and the coconut trees honest massa tom surely and though it was pretty far south for the nimble simians the next day they did come upon a drove of them skipping about in the tall palm trees there they are rad there they are cried ned as the chattering of the monkeys filled the farce by golly so de be here's why i get some coconuts before any one could stop him eradicate caught up a dead branch and threw it at a monkey the chattering increased and almost instantly a shower of coconuts came crashing down narrowly missing some of our friends hold on rad hold on cried tom some of us will be hurt crack came a coconut down on the skull of the colored man bless my court plaster someone's hurt now cried mr damon hurt bless your heart massa damon but it takes more than dat to hurt dis here child cried eradicate with a grin i got a hard head i has mighty hard head and de coconut ain't rogue dat can bust it thanks mr monkey thanks and with a laugh eradicate jumped off his mule and began gathering up the nuts while the monkeys fled into the forest very much good to drink milk said san pedro as he picked up a half-ripe nut and showed how to chop off the top with a big knife and drain the slightly acid juice inside very much good for thirst let's try it proposed tom and they all drank their fill for there were many coconuts though it was rather an isolated grove of them the monkeys became more numerous as they proceeded farther north toward the equator for it must be remembered that they had landed south of it and at times the little animals became a positive nuisance several days passed and they crossed the Parana river and struck into the most unpenetrated tract of land where tom hoped to find the giants as yet none of their escort dreamed of the object of the expedition and though tom had caused scouts to be sent back over their trail to learn if they were being followed there was no trace of any one one day after a night camp on the edge of a rather high tableland. They started across a fertile plain that was covered with a rich growth of grass. "'Good grazing ground here,' commented Ned. "'Yes,' put in San Pedro. "'Plenty much horse here pretty soon.' "'Do the natives graze their herds of horses here?' asked Tom. "'No natives, wild horses,' explained Pedro. "'Plenty much, sometimes too many they come. You see, maybe.' It was nearly noon and Tom was considering stopping for dinner, if they could come to a good watering place.' when Ned, who had ridden slightly in advance, came galloping back as fast as his steed would carry him. Look out, look out, he cried. There's a stampede of them, and they're headed right this way. Stampede of what? Who's headed this way? cried Tom. A lot of monkeys? No, wild horses, thousands of them. Hear them coming? In the silence that followed Ned's warning there could be heard a dull, roaring, thundering sound, and the earth seemed to tremble. The young signor speaks truth. Wild horses are coming, cried San Pedro. Get ready, señores. have your weapons at hand, and perchance we can turn the stampede aside. The rifles, the electric rifles, Ned, Mr. Damon, we've got to stop them or they'll trample us to death, cried Tom. As he spoke the thundering became louder, and then, looking across the grassy plain, all saw a large troop of wild horses with flying manes and tails headed directly toward them. End of chapter 10 Recording by Tom Weiss, tomsaudiobooks.com.